Today, I want to talk to you about having peace while you are waiting. Um, I think it's important that you know that having peace when in, that have, waiting is a part of life. Can we all agree? Yes, no? Yes? Yes? Waiting. Who of you have waited in your life for something? The Popeye's line. <laughs> I have sat in that line waiting for food after church. It's, yeah, we don't want to wait. Um, but waiting is a part of life, and you can take it from waiting in the Popeye's line to waiting in uh, something that I will tell you about. But I, if you can um, show the picture, that's the picture of my family. Everyone said, aww, very good. Um, there's two missing in the, in, the, in the one on my right, my, sister, my brother in love, Janikin's husband. And then um, my other brother had another baby after that. His name is Caden. So that's our family. That is a testimony of the Lord being faithful, my whole family being saved. It's wild to me if I look at that and I think, and I know where we came from. Um, the fact that I'm in America, the fact that you see JJ here in America, guys, it's wild. Because if you know how we grew up, if you know what we were given, the cards we were dealt with, were saying stay in that little small town and don't go anywhere and don't do anything with your life. But God had a different plan. Say, but God. And now we're here in another little town. <laughs> On the other side of the pond. <laughs> um, and those are my four siblings. If you can't um, see it by now, I am the little tiny, tiny bit. I'm the youngest of four. And um, the one handing me the chicken, that is JJ. And as you can see on his face, he was super amused by the fact that he was handing me a chicken and I was amazed by the chicken. But can you just adore the fact that I looked at him and not the chicken? That's how much I love my brother. I've always looked at him like that. He is amazing. Um, but I have been waiting, doing a great deal of waiting myself. I, um, my sister is 12 years older than me. She's the firstborn. So I waited for 12 years to be born. <laughs> Took a lot out of me. <laughs> um, after I was born, I waited to go to school. I couldn't wait to go to school. Um, and then I, waited. I couldn't wait to be done with school. <laughs> Once I started, um, I didn't like school at all. But um, in that time, I gave my heart to the Lord. I was uh, in 2006, I was 16 going on 17. And I decided that I want to do nothing else with my life but serve Jesus. And from that time on, I felt called to be in full-time ministry. I wanted this to be my full-time job, working in the kingdom of God in the capacity of serving the church specifically. Because we can work in the kingdom of God everywhere. We are called to be in the marketplace. We are called to be in that. But I felt called to be in this serving the church. Um, and so when I finished school, I wanted to go straight into ministry. JJ suggested that I go study first, which was a really good suggestion. Um, but I waited until about now to do what I felt the Lord said to me to do. And in all of that time, I had to wait. That's about 13 years of waiting to do what I felt the Lord told me to do. 
long time ago. And I can tell you through all of those 13 years, I have done thing after thing after thing that has actually trained me for this very moment. If I, I, I would have not been able to stand up here and speak to you with so much confidence if I hadn't gone through those 13 years. Number one, the Lord gave me something to say, but also number two, he had to, he had to undo a lot of things in my life and rebuild a lot of things because I didn't serve the Lord for a long time of my life. And if I would have just gone into the ministry and stopped preaching and doing things, I don't think, I don't know what would have happened. I can't tell you because I don't actually know. But I just know that the time that I went through all the waiting, being irritated with the fact that I'm not doing what the Lord is calling me to do and just doing thing after thing, everything that I did, I can now look back and go, that's what the Lord built in that time of my life. That's So in our waiting, there is purpose in our waiting, right? Um. So I want to tell you a little bit about faith. When you start your Christian life, you submit your life to living a life of faith. That's the way we please God. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That means that when we live in faith, there's, there's things that we are not going to see yet, but we have to still walk in them and believe that it will happen. That means that there's waiting. There's waiting that happens. Galatians 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and the life I, and with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. From a young age, I can now see how the Lord um, put this thing inside of me where I would reach for something. Um, even if I don't know if I can really do it, I would reach for something and somehow it would happen. Um, he puts that in our, in, I think, in every, Christian's li- in every Christian's life, in every person's life. We have the decision to be able to live by faith. And... Um, I had this example in my life where I baked, I made, cook, I made um, cake batter and um, before asking my parents if I could do it. And I was going to, and then I was going to ask them to help me to put the oven on so that we can bake the cake. But in that time, <laughs> even using eggs and milk because we were so poor, it was hard to um, afford baking a cake. So, but I didn't know this. I just wanted to bake a cake. So I would bake the cake or make the batter. And now you can't say no. You have to bake the cake. <laughs> and, and my brother, he said to me, Suma, that is manipulation. You can't do that. Um, I don't think I understood what manipulation meant at that time. I just knew that by my brother saying it's not a good thing, I was doing something wrong. But the Lord reminded me of that. And he said that it's actually, you acted in faith. It wasn't right what I did, but I did act in faith, thinking that my, they will say yes if I just do something. Um, 
And, and so under the blood of Christ, when we have given our hearts to the Lord, we submit ourselves to a life of obedience to a holy God. And, and when our life is, my life is meant and wanting to live a life that pleases the Lord, when I then step out in faith, he goes, let me meet you in your faith. Okay. The thing, the reason why I'm talking about faith is that faith sometimes or most of the times acquires you or causes you to, to walk into a season of waiting. And when we choose to trust the Lord in the waiting, we need to know how to live out that waiting period. So what do you do in the waiting period and what do you do when it doesn't work out the way you think it should work? There's a lot of you sitting in this room that, have, that know what it means to wait. And you have felt the anxiety of it. You have felt the pressure of it. And there are some of you that are waiting for things for 13, 20, 15 years. Some of you have waited. You know what it waits to, means to wait to get pregnant. And you don't know if it's ever going to happen. Some of you know what it is to wait um, to pay your rent. And you don't know how it's going to come. Um, and so I want to share with you quick, quickly my testimony of this last couple of uh, um, years that I've stepped out in faith to come to BSSM. My faith journey didn't just start now. I have been trusting the Lord to go back into ministry for a long time. But every time I would be, I would just do something else. I went into holistic health industry. Then I went into the recruitment industry. After that, I um, said to my brother, I'm going to quit my job and become an image consultant. By that time, they went, we don't have faith for it. <laughs> but I knew from doing small little things in my life, taking small steps of faith in my life, I knew the Father's voice. And at that time, after I've been doing, because I would do something and it would just work out, something small. And then I would do another small thing and it would work out. And in it, I learned how to know the voice of God. You have to learn how to hear the voice of God. And you don't start by moving across the world and attending a school that you can't afford. You don't start out like that. You start out by paying your $30 tithe. And you hear, and the Lord is, and then the Lord's faithful. You start out by making small little changes, and the Lord stretches your tent pens, and He makes more room. And then suddenly you say, "I'm going to quit my job," and no one else has the faith for it. But I know the Father's voice. And and when I said yes to the Lord, I said yes to fearing God over fearing man. And so when man's opinion says, I don't think you should do that. I consider wisdom because it's wise to consider wisdom. But, in, but, initi but at the end of it, I will follow the voice of God that I've learned to hear from a young age since I gave my heart to the Lord. 
making small steps of obedience. So I went and I, I did image consulting and I worked in the industry for four years and I loved it and it went well. And suddenly I felt the Lord say, it's time. And I went, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that. And when, I, when, we, when he told me to come to Bethel, I was, I was, and I saw what it cost. I was like, again, huh, that's a lot of money. Um, just to give you a little bit of a, a, a reference, for the last two years, I'm doing my third year now, but for the last two years, I needed over $32,000 just to get by, paying my rent and maybe buying something to eat, including school fees. And it's something in South African rand, it is almost three years worth of my wage that I had to pay and be able to live by. And so I couldn't just go, yeah, I have the money. Let me go do it. I had to take a step of faith and say, I'm going to, I'm going to trust God. But in trusting God, it meant that I had to go, going to take one step. And then I'm going to take another step. And so that's what I did. I came to the United States. Um, I gave up everything, gave away everything I owned because it meant nothing in American dollar. And I, um, I came to the United States, to California, did, you know, did an expensive school, which is not expensive to the Lord because he owns everything. But to me, it was expensive because I didn't have it. <laughs> and so I had to take a step of faith and say, God, if you are calling me to do this, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to do it. And uh, I suffered for two years. I couldn't know where my next rent was going to come from. And you have to pay your rent, otherwise they, they don't have a lot of grace over there for the students, um, because there's a lot of them. <laughs> so, And there's a lot of them in faith there. So paying my rent, I said to the Lord, Lord, I need $600 a month to pay my rent. And that's all I could have, I had the faith to trust for. The rest, my friend would bring me a sandwich here. They, someone, the Lord sent me someone to pick me up every day. They never asked for gas money, never even wanted it when I did offer it. Um, but I never knew how my $600 was going to come in, ever. I would get $20 here. Someone would send me $200, but I never knew how it was going to come in. Do you know how much stress that, um, that creates in one's life? You can, yes, you know, because some of you are in those situations. So waiting and my step of faith created a massive gap in where I realized that I am not trusting the Lord and that, and that there is an invitation for me to trust him even more. But he, but he created the place and the situation for me to trust him. And so I had this choice to make. I could either sit in anxiety for, every, for however long this was going to continue, or I can ask the Lord to bring peace. And that's what I want to bring to you today, is all of you are in seasons of waiting. I don't know in which season it is. Maybe you're like me and you're not married yet and you want to be married. Maybe you need to pay your rent at the end of this month and Christmas is here and you don't know how to. And it is causing you stress and anxiety. And um, 
I want to give you some practical tools on how to encounter peace while you are waiting. Say hello to them for me. <laughs> so, number one, we have peace in the waiting by remembering testimonies and believing that he will prove true to his character and will stay the same. One of the things that I did in those two years has I would have so many nights where I, the anxiety of needing to pay my rent, I couldn't reach out to anybody because nobody had what I needed, nobody that was close to me. I couldn't reach out. I, my dad has passed away when I was 18. My mom, she's not in a, in a place where she can give me anything. My brother and them are building a church here and they have four kids and um, everybody, nobody is able to just say, yeah, here's $600 for you to pay your rent. So I had to trust the Lord, but that caused a lot of anxiety in my life. So I would have times and nights where I would cry and I would go, God, I have no idea what I'm doing here and I, I need you. And so, but in those times, I remembered when the Lord came through, when I trusted him to make my $30 tithe a $300 tithe which is a lot of money right now. But in South African rand, a 30, a 30 rand to a 300 rand. Because that means that my salary would grow or my income would grow, right? So I trusted him for a small thing. And he came and he did it. He increased my tithe. And I was like, oh, now I have more to give. So he trusted me with more. He increased it. I learned to, when he said, give 20 rand here, do this so here financially because this is my just this is my testimony but you can apply it in every area of life but financially i trusted the lord every every small step at a time and as i trusted him i learned to hear his voice and he came through he showed me his faithfulness every little time so i have testimonies and I can remember the times that I would sow into things and I would get an immediate return. I remembered when I sowed and I didn't get an immediate return and he asked me to wait. And then somewhere the Lord would provide for something and he would tell me, remember you trusted me in this. So I learned to hear his voice. So I, by remembering, we encourage ourselves and we encourage our faith to continue on the journey the Lord has us on. So um, listen to what Deuteron Deuteronomy, that word, 6 verse 12. In Afrikaans, it's Deuteronomium. I can say it in that. Um, it says, then take care lest you forget the Lord. Take care. Take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So remember how the Lord delivered you. Psalm 134 verse 5 says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. I got through those two years up until now by remembering every time the Lord has been faithful to me. And I go, Lord, I know that you can do it again. Um, so some of the ways that we can remember is by journaling. <sighs> if you haven't started writing down things, I want to encourage you to start doing it now. 
by writing down the testimonies of the Lord. You think you're going to remember it, but I, I can tell, I know that there are things that I have forgotten because I didn't write them down. And I can't tell you how it encourages me when I go through past journals and saw the things I wrote and I go, oh my goodness, that's what I thought? And then the Lord goes, see how far I brought you? And I go, oh, thanks, God. <laughs> it's so good to write down the things that the Lord did because it, it, it builds your faith when you read them again. Um, tell testimonies. I, I love listening to people's testimonies. Sometimes I would just go to someone and I say, hey, do you have a financial testimony? Or someone would have a financial testimony and I would ask them to tell it to me. Because... Um, and or I would, for instance, I would love to be married. Okay, I am waiting for God to send me a husband. Um, but it can be sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know if God's going to really do it, right? So I go to people and I say, hey, tell me the testimony of your marriage. Like, how did you meet? How did you? So that I'm encouraged by testimonies because it encourages my heart. I go, oh, you met the, you only met your husband at 40? I have so much time. <laughs> you know, testimonies encourage us. We remember, we remember what the Lord did for someone else. And it testifies to the thing that he will do again. Okay. Um, Listen to prophetic words. If you don't have a prophetic word, ask someone to prophesy over you and listen to them again. I listen to prophetic words on a constant basis because it reminds me of the word that the Lord has spoken over me. And I go, Lord, you haven't done that yet. I just want to remind you actually of this. And so testimonies and prophetic words and our journal entries encourage us to Keep going in the waiting. The next thing that, um, that, that I do is by having peace is we have peace in the waiting because peace is a person and I am never separated from him. So the other thing that I did was I had to let the person of peace encounter me. Listen to Galatians 2 verse 20. It is Christ who lives in me. I am crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. So it is Christ who lives in me. Go, point point to yourself. In me. Christ lives in you. He actually dwells inside of you. When you submit your life to Christ, he comes and makes and abides in me. Ephesians 2 verse 14 says, For he himself is our peace. Jesus, the Son of Man, sent the Holy Spirit to come and live inside of us. And he himself became our peace. Um. There are ways that we can encounter his peace. But the, the, the one thing I want to say is that it says, John 5 verse 39 says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think 
that in them you have eternal life. Jesus is telling this to the Pharisees. And then he says, these are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Jesus stood in front of them and they knew the scriptures. They knew how to do religion. They knew how to do life perfectly, but they missed the Christ when he was standing right in front of them. You can come to church and you can read your Bible and you can say a table prayer every time you eat, but you can miss the Christ if you don't cause your heart to encounter him. All those nights that I had to walk through these last two years, I've had many, many times where I had to do this, but this is just for this specific testimony um, in the last two years that's very recent to me. But all those nights, the one thing I did was remembering what the Lord had already did. But the other thing is I went into my closet and I asked the Holy Spirit to encounter me, the person of peace to come and encounter me. So how do we do this? We pray scriptures. So let me take you to my little cabin in the woods. When I, when I feel I need a little bit of um, a pick-me-up, because um, we read the word daily, but then there are some scriptures that I just go and bask in. I rest in them. I call them my green pastures. Because in my, in my secret place with the Lord, there's lots of green pastures. So I want to read you one of my favorite Psalms. And then I pray this. So this is one of the ways that we can encounter the Lord, by praying scripture. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. And then I go, Lord, I thank you that you are my portion and my cup. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. So then I say, thank you, God, that I have a delightful inheritance. I remind myself that the inheritance of man is not my inheritance. He is my inheritance, and it's a delightful inheritance. Even at night, my heart in instructs me. Um, Lord, I thank you that you instruct my heart at night. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. <laughs> he will not let you see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with, your, with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So I go and I sit and I just pray these scriptures over my life. And you know what happens? Faith starts building up in my life. Oh, I have a beautiful inheritance. It starts, it start, I start encountering the person of Christ through the scriptures. But then the other thing that I do is I go into thanksgiving. Listen to what Philippians says. Philippians says, do not be anxious about anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts 
and your mind in Christ Jesus. When you start being thankful for the things, God starts pouring himself out of that. When you think about a little, a little, a little kid that you have to teach them to say thank you to everything, you say, here's your, here's your sandwich. Say thank you to mama. Thank you, mama. You teach them. And one day you give your child something and they go, thanks, mom. What do you want? Do you want chocolate? I will give you all the chocolate you need. What do you want? Thankfulness moves the father's heart to, to wanting to pour himself out over you. It moves heaven when you are thankful. The next thing that I want to say when we, when in, in encountering the Lord is to wait on him. I would sit and I would go through these things. I would pray and then I would wait. Can you put up Jeremiah? Jeremiah 29 verse 12 to 13 says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Listen, none of this work, if you, none of these scriptures, nothing of this work, if you don't consider the word of God a final authority and the truth. But when the, the word of God in your heart is the truth and points to Jesus, then these scriptures comes alive when you wait on him because then he makes himself known to you. So I would sit and I would wait until peace comes. And it comes every time. And the next morning I will get up and I will say, God, I thank you. I don't know how I'm going to pay it today. But I know that you're going to come through. And I, I let you know, I would just walk and suddenly I would need $215. And $215 would come in every time. I can testify of it because it happened to me every month, every month. He will do it. Um, some of you have given up uh, waiting. Is Christy still here? Thanks, love. You're amazing, Christy. Christy, sorry. Listen to what Isaiah 64 verse 4 says. It says, from old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear and no eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait on him. God is willing and faithful to act on your behalf. Are you willing to wait in peace and have the person of peace come and encounter you? Would you close your eyes? Some of you have given up on waiting and said, I'm just going to go do it myself. He's not going to come through. I'm just going to do it myself. If I did that, I would have missed the call of God in my life. I would have gotten married to someone that is not in the will of God for me. Some of you have given up by just not doing anything and chose apathy over a life filled with faith to avoid pain and waiting. Some of you have taken risk and find yourself in the valley of the shadow of death. And you are wondering if God really did say to you to take a step of faith. Some of you have asked God to heal you, yet you are still sick. 
To all of you, I want to say, take heart. He is not a God that he should lie. He is faithful. I know this to be true. To others, I want to say, roll up your sleeves and take some risks. Stop fearing the future and fear God instead. He is calling you out of a life of apathy. And to those wanting to make matters, take matters in their own hands because God is slow to answer, I want to say, don't do it. Rather wait a while longer and find him in the waiting. He is your peace. He will make it happen in the appropriate time. If that pertains to any of you, if there are some of you that are really waiting for, for, for God to come through and you are pretty desperate for Him to come through, I want you to stand. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. If you are feeling that hey, the Lord is maybe calling me into something and I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do it because I'm afraid of what is waiting for me on the other side and if it might, might require me to wait in faith and, and trust Him. If that's you, I want to invite you to stand. The Lord is calling you to do something and you're not sure if you should do it. If there's some of you that feel like you want to you just stop waiting and just do something yourself and, and, and forget God and just try it out yourself. Do it by your own strength. I want to also invite you to stand. Some people just look around you. If there's someone standing around you, would you put your hands on them? Yes, Lord, I just, I thank you for these incredible people. I thank you, God, that you are, you are not a deaf God. You can hear them when they are crying out to you. And so, Lord, I ask that you would come as the person of peace and that you would encounter them. Even today, as they are going to go sit and just ponder on what we were talking about today. I pray that the peace of God that, that transcends all understanding will guard their hearts and their minds and that you, the person of peace, would encourage them to keep going, to keep waiting, to keep holding on. And God, for others who feel like they are needing to do something but they're afraid to step out in faith, Lord, I pray that you would encourage them and and then take them by the hand and say, it's time, let's go. I thank you, God, that you are not far and that you are the God that acts on our behalf. And so, Lord, I pray that peace would cover them now. Peace would cover their minds and would cover their families. And we ask, God, that you would come through, that you would come through for every person who, who needs um, finances and provision, God, I thank you that my testimony is a testimony that you will do it again and that they can grab onto my testimony of how you have provided 
in abundance. Thank you, God, that you lead each and every one of them and that you are not far, but you are inside of them. And I pray that you would reveal yourself to them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thanks, God. Shit. Is Al still here? Ali, no, Allah. She's still here. Allah. Allah. No, she's not here. It's fine. Um, I, I felt to if I if I can just take a couple more seconds, Jay. Um, what Esther said about the the youth, I really felt it in my heart. Um, to uh, prophesy over. And them, but the Lord is on generation Gen Z, generation Z, Gen Z. This next generation is going to change the world, not because we are not changing the world, but it is on us to encourage them and to try and make a way for them as much as possible, because they're going to take the world by storm. The Lord is, is changing people's lives in Hollywood. Um, there was just recently one kid that, um, that got saved. He's, I don't know his name, but he is very famous. Um, but there are a couple of those things happening. And if you can prophetically see what the Lord is doing, you can pray into that. And so I want to encourage you as a church to pray into the next generation. It is so important that we pray into their lives and cover them and encourage them to stand strong because um, they will change the world. I gave my heart to the Lord when I was 16, going on 17. I was a teen. I, um, and imagine what is possible if a whole generation gets saved. So I want to encourage you guys to step into it. Um, yeah, I, I just want to say it publicly, but I want it on Ella. I just felt the Lord is on her. She's like a Mary of Bethany. She loves the Lord, and um, the Lord is going to pour His Spirit out on her powerfully. And uh, I declare it over her. And, and Joy, I, I believe that the Lord has a call on your life. You're an incredible young woman. And I think I haven't seen a lot of teens love the Lord the way you do so deeply and are so steadfast and steady in your love for the Lord. I want to honor you. I want to honor you for being a leader when it's hard. I want to honor you for being joy and being joyful when it's hard because it's not easy all the time. And we see it and we love you and we encourage you and we say, go for it. You are an incredible, incredible young woman. And I am so, so excited to see what the Lord is doing in your life and what he's going to do through you. And never take the pressure. Just submit to, the God, to God and let the peace, the, the peace of God encounter you as you walk out in faith. We are for you. You are wonderful. Um.
Ella, come on, come on, girl. Um, I, I said to them earlier, I feel that the, when I saw you here earlier, I felt the Lord said that you are a Mary of Bethany, that you will sit at Jesus' feet and that you love to sit at his feet. And uh, I want to honor you in front of all these people and tell you, well done for sticking it out and well done for believing the word of the Lord over your life instead of the word of people around you. And uh, I want to tell you that I believe that the Spirit of God will pour Himself out over you if you ask Him. And He has great things ahead of you. And you're going to be a leader of intimacy for the next generation. Almost like a Stephanie Gretzinger, where she led her, her generation into intimacy with the Father. And even if you don't know completely what that maybe entails, he will teach you. And we love you. And we think the world of you, Ella. You're incredible. And thank you for leading us all. Enjoy. You're amazing. Yeah. Lord, I thank you for this next generation. Put your hand on them again. Lord, we thank you for them. And we, we pray that you would lead them. That you would encourage them. Lord, that you would call them out. That you would... Um, Meet them, person of peace. God, I thank you that um, as they choose to walk in faith and as they choose to follow you, Lord, that you would be with them. Lord, we thank you for them. We're so thankful for them. Oh, we thank you for the joy that they bring to our lives, for the that they keep us young, Lord. I thank you um, that they teach us new things. Um, Lord, we thank you for the plan that you have over their lives. And we say yes and amen to that plan. And we say, Lord, lead us, help us to, to raise them. And Lord, would you encounter them as they go through this journey?